0: We find ourselves on this day, a week beyond the glorious celebration of Easter. But remember, Easter is not one day. Easter is a whole season. Actually, in fact, as Brian Blunt reminded us last week, Easter is not a day or even a season. It is a perspective. It's a way of living in the world toward God's grand plans for justice and joy and hope for our lives and our whole world. In the garden on that first Easter morning, Jesus, not recognized and perceived actually as the gardener, called out Mary. Mary. He called her by name. And Jesus calls all of us by name. To know the promises and the power of Easter for our lives, for our world. Our whole lives are intended to be lived out in Easter faith with hope for justice, for life and light in the whole world. What does it look like to live all of our days in light of Easter? What if we really lived with a sense of confidence that nothing, nothing in life or death, nothing in principalities and powers, nothing anywhere can separate us from God's love? What if we could live like that? We get a glimpse of what that might look like, live our whole lives in light of Easter and Easter promises, We get a glimpse of that in so many stories in the book of Acts. Acts gives us a picture of what Easter living looks like with boldness, with extravagance, with grace. Listen to this little story from Acts chapter 4. The community of believers was one in heart and mind None of them would say, this is mine, about any of their possessions, but held everything in common. The apostles continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and an abundance of grace was at work among them all. There were no needy persons among them those who own properties or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds from the sales and place them in the care and under the authority of the apostles. And then it was distributed to anyone who had a need. Joseph, whom the apostles nicknamed Bar- Barnabas, that is, one who encourages, was a Levite from Cyprus. He owned a field, sold it, brought the money, and placed it in the care and under the authority of the apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Most of you have heard me speak often about Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Jonathan Sachs' last book, published in 2020, the year that he died, is entitled Morality, Restoring the Common Good in Divided Times. Sachs makes the case that the developed world especially Britain and Europe and the United States is quote undergoing the cultural equivalent of climate change think about that that is a stark comment our culture is suffocating our culture is straining our culture is at great risk here's what he says the market will be merciless Politics will be deceiving, divisive, confrontational, and extreme. People will feel anxious, uncertain, fearful, aggressive, unstable, unrooted, and unloved. They will focus on promoting themselves instead of the one thing that will give them lasting happiness making life better for others. People will be, by historic standards, financially rich but emotionally poor. Freedom itself will be at risk from the far right and the far left, the far right dreaming of a golden age that never was, the far left dreaming of a utopia that never will be. End quote. Sachs makes the case throughout this book that we're not machines. We are people, and people survive by caring for one another, not by competing with one another. We cannot ever just ask, what's good for me? We have to always ask, what is good for us together? It's never about me and mine and I. Life is always about us, about we if we act on self-interest without a commitment to the common good, if we lose our care for others, we will finally lose our lives. There's a great teacher and Savior from the first century who rose from the dead on Easter morning who has been trying to teach us that for a very long time. Frederick Buechner puts it so succinctly. You can survive on your own. You can grow strong on your own. You can prevail on your own. But you cannot become human on your own. We are made for life together in community, sharing and supporting and loving and caring, thick community is critical for our life, for our faith, for our future. So back to the passage. I just love those powerful phrases from Acts 4. The community was one in heart and mind. They're not fussing about what was mine and what was yours, common good, common sharing common life thick community it's the way to life it's the way to happiness an abundance of grace was at work among them it says that sounds almost revolutionary it was not sin that was abundant it's not selfishness that was abundant it's not criticism and contempt for one another that was abundant. It's an abundance of grace that was at work among them. You know, grace is never not abundant. It's always there for us. It's just so easy to ignore or move away from or miss because we get so caught up in our selfish intentions and our alienating ways. But for those Easter people, those folks in thick community in Acts 4, they were living in grace. They were living under grace. They were living by grace. They were living with grace in community. And then it says, there were no needy persons among them. No needy persons among them. We live with So many needy persons, people asking for help almost at every intersection around Metro Richmond, people seeking a better job and a better life after this very difficult year, people struggling with real issues, financial, emotional, medical, personal, including fears and frustrations. Easter people recover the sense that all of us are in this together. And when we live like that, in thick community, as Easter people, our obsession with our needs falls away. William James Jennings is an African-American theologian who teaches at Yale. And Jennings has written a new commentary on The book of Acts. One of the major themes of his commentary is about the importance of the narrative story of Acts. You know, the unfolding drama of the apostles seeking to find life and faith in the world following the resurrection of Jesus. The unfolding daily life, it shows us what it looks like to live as easter people the day in day out story of the apostles seeking to live in response to the easter promises nothing can separate us from god's love all of this narrative absolutely intends to be a story that helps us informs us as disciples as we imagine our own lives reconstructed in light of easter Indeed, the narrative story of Acts seeks to help us reconstruct our lives as Easter people. That's the goal of these days, reconstruct our lives as Easter people. Jennings asserts that the book of Acts is all about the disrupting presence of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Spirit essentially brings a revolution God is always at work in the world. Jennings even compares the book of Acts to the book of Genesis in a similar way that God moved over the chaos and over the waters and brought order and brought life. God the Spirit moves into everyday life, people, plans, programs, possibilities, And That spirit, that great and revolutionary spirit brings about God's important intentions, order, and life as Easter people. What does it look like? What does it look like? Well, in this passage, the community was of one heart and mind. What does it look like? Well, abundant grace sustained them, covered them, and there were no needy persons among them. See, God has invaded human life, community, making it thick and making it beautiful and life-giving. And Easter people are intended to be reconstructed in this way toward compassion, toward care, toward wholeness, toward sharing, toward happiness, toward life, toward justice and joy for everyone. So, think about that. Think about that. The Holy Spirit is seeking always to be reconstructing us as Easter people. Our calling is to be open to the reconstruction. Are we open to being changed? Are you? are we as a community in downtown Richmond, are we open to being changed, to becoming the people that God is calling us to be in thick community with extravagant generosity, living in God's abundant grace such that there's no needy person among us? That is a serious and sincere calling to be reconstructed as God's Easter people by God's powerful spirit. A sincere and wonderful calling. This is how Jennings puts it. The prevailing fantasy of people is to have power over others. To claim the power of self-determination and to make a world bow to its will. This is the fantasy of nations and clans, peoples and corporations, but the Spirit offers us God's own fantasy of desire for people, of joining and of life together, of shared stories bound to a new destiny in God. This desire for people is not for their utility, but for their glory, to draw them into the divine pleasure and joy. See, the disrupting spirit of God is always at work. We seek always to participate with the spirit of God in bringing about these ends, fellowship and faith, commitment and compassion, thick community. This is how Easter people live. God has called our name. My name, your name. God has defeated evil and death. We seek to align our lives with this extravagant love and the purposes and the grace of God in how we relate to each other, how we share, how we supplant the me with the we. This is what we're all becoming, supposedly reconstructed in the grand and glorious thick community of God. Easter people. And that would mean for us working, ongoing, against racism, working for justice, working for a society that cares for the less and the the least fortunate, working for wholeness and hope across all creation. That's what it looks like. Easter people reconstructed. This little passage ends with an interesting appearance of a man named Joseph, a Levite, it says, from Cyprus. You might know that Cyprus is a little island in the eastern Mediterranean, so a distant land and culture. But this is not just Joseph from Cyprus, this is one called Barnabas, which means one who encourages. Joseph from Cyprus has been given a new name and a new identity, a new destiny even. You know, the longer I live, the more I value people who encourage others. We can do lots of things. We can help or we can not help. We can love or we can withhold love. We can serve or we can not serve. We can spread kindness or spread contempt. We can do lots of things, uh, support others or shame others. To be called one who encourages, well, that is a high calling. That is a wonderful description. To be an encourager, clearly, is to spread kindness and care And support and work for justice and love toward God's full reign. We take note that Barnabas is remembered in this way he owned a field, he bought it, he sold it, he brought the money, he placed it under the authority of the apostles. Jennings says that in this single verse, in this person, Barnabas, we see the intersection of God's blessings, and what God asks of us as we seek to become Easter people. When we know about God's blessings, when we know ourselves to be Easter people, when we know that Jesus has called our name, we also need to know that God is watching, and God is waiting to see how our faith connects resources to needs. It is always tempting to receive God's boundless love and do nothing. It's always so alluring even to receive God's abundant gifts and just hold tight to them. It is always tempting to corrupt the connection of being showered with love and never pass it along to those in need or ignore them altogether. Jennings says God never withholds not even a beloved son the church always and only lives at this site of connection of resources to needs and God waits and God watches how much we're becoming how deeply how sincerely we're all being reconstructed as Easter people God's waiting and watching to see what we might become. Joseph, the Levite from Cyprus, gets a new name and a new destiny. Barnabas, the one who encourages, who shows all of us what it looks like to become Easter people. We're always becoming something, all of us. We're always becoming. Can we be? More and more, the kind of loyal, loving, gracious, kind, encouragers of God's coming reign in the world, a reign of joy and justice where life is shared, where grace abounds. Can we become more like that? Easter people? May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall, to turn to you, well, that's to rise. But to become the kind of Easter people that you call us to be, well, that is to abide forever. We seek that way, following the risen Lord. Go with us, bless us, make us a blessing. In Christ's name we pray, amen.